Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Canadian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I am a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you're ready to shine, welcome. Because you are listening today, I want to go ahead and give you a free gift. It is my six-step blueprint to living alcohol-free. It is a tool for you to have, so you don't have to go to AA. Just go ahead and follow the guidelines there. It's what I used to help me through my sobriety journey. Go ahead and text the word GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's 1-855-649-6196. I also want to give a shout out to Feedspot. They recognized my show on the 50 Best Women Sobriety Podcasts. So I'm very excited about that. And I just want to say thank you to all of you for making this happen. You are all in for a special treat. Today's guest and I have created something just for you. It'll be the first thing you see in the show notes. Click those two links and then unlock something magnificent. I'm so excited to be introducing a very special guest today. From supermodel to modern mystic, a former fashion model, Dr. Anna Gatman, is an engaging speaker with a unique life story. She describes herself as a catalyst of transformation. Anna has spent the last two decades on an inner quest into the workings of our world, the root cause of our suffering, the nature of transformation, and how to face the challenges of our times. In her new book, Shift Calling, Anna shows readers how to accelerate their spiritual growth by making one-degree shifts that produce profound, paradigm-changing, and long-lasting outcomes. Born in Israel into an alcoholic family, Anna grew up with a severe stutter, undiagnosed learning challenges, and anorexic tendencies. Although she had very low self-esteem, a major shift would transform her circumstances, whisking her away to a 10-year career in Paris to model fashions designed by Yves Saint Laurent and Jean-Paul Gaultier, and appearing in some of the most prominent fashion magazines. Despite her material success, something was missing. So Anna went back to school earning a PhD from the California Institute of Integral Studies, concentrating on facilitating transformative learning with individuals and groups. Following a life-changing experience at the Feinhorn Foundation in her early 40s, she realized her calling to help others and have similar life-changing experiences. Her first and award-winning book, Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World, attracted more than 100 audiences, including a TEDx talk in Wilmington. Anna hosts the online expansive community for those who feel called to engage in integrating their personal work, spiritual work, and, of course, world work. Dr. Anna Gatman, thank you so much for joining me today. It's just an honor to have you here, and I just appreciate you and all that you do you you are such <laughs> i can sense your your loving spirit you are a kind loving and giving spirit and i just want to say thank you so much for having me in your presence wow well thank you so much gina for saying that for seeing that i'm so glad to be a guest on your show and to talk about the shift that's calling each one of us to become our our best selves yes absolutely and speaking about shifts you have a book that's coming out in about six weeks called Shift Calling, A Practical Guide to Accelerating Your Spiritual Growth. Can you talk a little bit about what Shift Calling is? Yes. So we each have something that is challenging, that keeps us up at night, that um, creates you know problems in our relationships, in our finances, in our health, our well-being, our purpose and so and 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 many times it just doesn't go away kind of stays there and just digs its heel in and it won't leave 
and we feel forsaken. We feel that all of the law of attraction and all the promises of spirituality are for everyone else, but they're not for us because we can't rid ourselves or we don't know how to change the ailment that we have, the challenge we have, the wounding we have. And so shift calling is actually changing the view of this ailment or challenge or difficulty and to see it as your ally, as your ally, your best friend and your ally it might not feel like that, but sometimes our friends tell us the truth, right? A good friend tells us what we need to know and what we need to hear. So it's an ally that's saying, pay attention to me. I'm not going away until you pay attention to me. And I want you to use me, the ailment, the difficulty to transform your life to accelerate your spiritual journey, to live your full, glorious life. And I am such a good ally that I am not going away until we find a way to do this. And so that's the shift calling that we each have, no matter how advanced we are or what our age is, we each have something that doesn't go away and that bugs us and it, it's, it's not going to go away. Until we listen to our to the shift calling us. Yeah, it's kind of like that little voice in your head, the good voice, you know, <laughs> that tells us, hey, you know, look at it differently from this angle or, hey, what do you think about this? And all these thoughts come into our head and it's really up to us to make that decision and to take action on whatever yeah. we're feeling. Now, you've yeah. experienced some shifts in your life. You've experienced right. several. What was your very first yeah. shift? So I'll share in a moment, but I just want to pick up on what you said, that when we're in a funk or when we're experiencing the worst of our challenge, it's very hard to go, oh, well, you're my ally, right? Totally. Oh, you're here to help me. We feel victimized by circumstances, by our childhood circumstances, by life circumstances, by other people, the universe, God, whatever. So it's it's not an easy journey. But if we begin by shifting and seeing this as an ally, then the, the healing and the transformation can begin. And so you, you asked me about um, shift. I'll say the biggest shift that I had to begin with that I was aware of was so I'm born and raised in Israel. And it's mandatory to go to the military service for men and for women. It's mandatory for two years to do it in Israel for women and there, there's a pride in doing it. It's like you're serving your country. It's part of, you know, we all finish high school and we all go into the army. So at the time, many years ago, um, there was a big pride around that. And my dad had been an Air Force pilot. And so it was like daughter was going into the army. And I, fin I finished high school and I went to visit my mom who was living in Sweden, my parents had separated. My mom um, was an alcoholic. And so they separated at some point and she moved back to Sweden where she was from. And, you know, I, I had finished high school with low self-esteem. I had red hair, freckles. I could never be in the sun. Israel is a warm country. So to have white skin and freckles is not easy in a warm country. Um, I swore I'd never go back to school. I hated school. I had learning challenges that apparently were n never diagnosed. Um, low self-esteem. I mean, nothing from my mother's alcoholism. I had a, I, I had an evil stepmother. I try not, not to say that too often, but I really did. Um, and so a woman approached me once and in, I was sitting in a pharmacy with a big sweater kind of hiding. And she approached me and said, would you like to travel the world and work as a fashion model? Oh. That was a big shift from yeah. my perception of myself as ugly. I hate, I mean, I hated myself. I, I mean, I, I even feel the tears coming up. I really, I hated myself. I loathed myself. And she clearly saw something in me that I couldn't see. Um, and it may seem like a no-brainer for you and for your listeners. Should I go to Paris <laughs> to be a fashion model or go to the military service and dress in, you know, like army clothes right. for two years? But it was different then. 
I felt that I might lose all my friends, that no one would speak to me because I betrayed my country, that my dad would be angry. I mean, it was a big decision. It wasn't something obvious today mm-hmm. that, of course, I'd tell anyone. So I, I deliberated for two months, really kind of suffered through should I shouldn't. It was a big jump. I defied my dad who said, you have to come home. I, sorry, I just stopped talking to him. I didn't call him, so he didn't know where I was. I really, I was on my own. I thought my friends might never talk to me again. And the agent that I met said, look, you have a very different look. You'll either work within two weeks or you'll never work. So come for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I came for two weeks. And after two and a half weeks, I got my first job, which was on the cover of 60 Magazine. And the rest was history, 10 years of living in Paris, working internationally in all of Europe, in New York, you know, Yves Saint Laurent, Jean-Paul Gaultier, you know, I mean, really, I, and I was so free suddenly, I was free, but I didn't know that when I made the decision, it's hard to say what made it, but it was like, I had something in my heart told me. It just felt like there was a chance here, an opportunity. And when he said, come for two weeks, I, in a sense, still had time to make it back to the army if it wouldn't work. But there was just this feeling of upliftment. Something that actually, someone actually sees in me something that's lovable or that's beautiful. And they're not seeing everything that I see, everything that I hate about myself, everything that my stepmother saw, my dad, that everything I did was wrong and bad. And so it was just, that was the no brainer in a sense between being loved and cared for or being hated and put down all the time. So that was really the shift that I went for, not knowing how amazing it was going to be. Um, and the rest is history. I I, I had a, a, a successful career for ten years. That's beautiful. I know. I say I have. I used to use Jean uh, Paul Galtier's perfume. Yeah. <laughs> I used that one before. And a very, very, very famous. I wanted to talk to you about because we're talking about people's perception on us where we don't even think that we are that good. At least for myself, I experienced the same thing. An example is when I was in massage therapy school, I was doing very well and I had straight A's. I never missed a day. And then I got hired immediately at the Four Seasons Hotel. And even though I felt like that wasn't good enough because everyone else had experience here, I'm at the very highest level of... (laughs) working for the like elite class here. <laughs> and I remember getting a lot of complaints at first, which then mm. made my self-esteem so low and down. I'm like, yeah. well, man, I, I feel horrible. And then my trainer, the massage therapy lead, she saw something in me. She said, oh, no, Gina, you have a good touch. It's really you are the one who is mm. creating that low confidence, which then is probably showing mm. in your work. I said, oh, so no, you are good. I said, I am. So yes, you are good. I said, okay. So with that shift of the mindset, I started becoming better and better and better. And then I'm getting all these requests all the time, you know, (laughs) 15 years later, you know, I'm still there. But that was the beginning. It's incredible how we think and we can just shift our mind just quickly. (laughs) And I think that a key, so, so, so you speak to a key element of shifting from a challenge to an opportunity um, is shifting our perception of ourselves. Because there's somehow the belief that in the law of attraction, we'll think of something that we want and it's just going to fall into our lap somehow. And if we haven't shifted our perception of ourselves, all the good things can come to us and we still think that we're worthless. So we don't even see when good things come our way. We don't see something that's an opportunity. We kind of, oh, yeah, well, it was just a one time or it was just this. And there's a lot of negative talk. And so shifting our perception of ourselves is really, really key to transforming our lives. Yes. And in your book, you actually talk a little bit about different ways to shift yourself. There's uh, ways of shifting what is calling to you as far as taking risk, I guess, (laughs) 
there's also, you know, shifting your perception of the world, your perception of yeah. yourself. Um, can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah. So as I began saying, um, there's really, so first it's shifting from seeing your, um, your challenge and your difficulty as your biggest ally. In a sense, you know, I, I see life like a spiritual practice. And I see the challenge you're facing as your spiritual practice on st on steroids, because that's the hardest thing to shift. But that's where the biggest transformation is possible. And so the, the first step is to shift what seems like a hardship into an opportunity. That's just number one, to consider that, to allow that to be a possibility. Then the second shift has to be a shift in your perception of yourself as we talked about. And so because my, my lens is a spiritual lens and because I help people accelerate their spiritual journey, then the shifts that I offer in the book are really shifts that begin to see you as more than just a human being and a, who is a result of your circumstances, of your childhood, of your family, of your maybe your character, your life circumstances right now, but rather seeing yourself also as a spiritual being. And so there's shifts of seeing yourself as a portal. I mean, we don't think about it, but we are a portal between the spiritual world and the material world. Human beings on planet Earth are the creative force. We are the only ones who can imagine something and bring it into life. You imagined that you wanted to do a podcast, you got yourself a podcast and you're doing that. We take that for granted as if that's what humans can do. But if you think of a civilization, all of humanity, all of civilization, all the artifacts have been created from everything that grows above soil or beneath soil. And yet, if you look out at soil and think of it as dirt, you don't imagine it has any potential. But nothing has been shipped in from any other place. Everything is, cre is created from soil, above ground or below ground. So we're living in a magical world on a magical planet. But when we see ourselves in a constricted way as just human beings, and we don't see that ourselves as the spiritual, magical creators that we are, then we, we become just a result of our circumstances and we cannot get out of what our parents told us or whatever we have, whatever ailment we live with. And so shifting our perspective, for example, to see ourselves as a portal between the spiritual world and the material world is a magical power. If you can say, I want to build a house and you do whatever it takes. It takes time to build a house, but you build a house or I want to change my career. I want to be doing something different. You make that happen. You're imagining it and you're making it happen. Those are magical powers. It's not just, you know, Galdant, Galdant, Gandalf the Grey from Lord of the Rings who can bring things into appearance or make them disappear. We are, we are all magicians. We are all magicians. And in a sense, it's much more magical than taking a rabbit out of a hat to actually imagine something and create it. Barbara Streisand has this beautiful sentence that I love. She says, if, if you want to have something you've never had, you're going to have to do something you've never done. So you mentioned risk earlier. Yes, there is risk. But the risk is to have a better life than you have right now. And even if you have a good life now, there's always growth. There's always evolving. There's always loving more. There's always giving more to the world. There's more projects. So, so it never ends, right? But so that's just one example of how you shift your perspective and see yourself as a magical being and a portal. And how can that relate to the shift calling you? How can you think of yourself as a portal and change your reality by imagining yourself as this magical being who can bring into being something that didn't exist before. So that's an example of how to shift your perception. 
I love that. And I was just talking to my little son, he's seven years old, mm. and he has his time where he, he's always done this since he was a little baby. He'll sit on the couch and he'll just rock himself. And he'll mm. like go into this trance where he's just yeah. singing or something has his eyes closed. And then I, I read that part where you're talking about the portal, you know, you have a connection with the spiritual and in the material world. And I said, Peyton, his name is Peyton. I said, honey, do you know that you are actually able to escape this part, what you're seeing, you know, like the TV, the, you know, what's going on outside. And then you are in your own zone. He's like, what does that mean? I said, you are creating, I asked him, what are you, well, what are you thinking about when you do that? I said, well, I don't know. I said, well, whatever it is, it's great, honey. That's, I'm so excited that you have the ability to separate yourself from the outside world and focus yeah. on your internal self. And yeah. I, I, I encourage him to still continue that because it looks funny. He's just bouncing back and forth, yeah. and, you know, but that's just him connecting to his spirit is mm -hmm. what I told him. And it's, just, it's so beautiful. I've never done anything like that. <laughs> if I did that, I think my mom would be like, you need to stop doing that right now. But I encourage that mm -hmm. because that's him, his spirit. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it touches. It just touches my heart so much because it's exactly what he's doing. It's so beautiful that you're allowing him to do that and not feeling shame or weird. It's like, it, it, it's known, you know, if you rock your head, if you lie and you rock your head, you'll see babies that they try to fall asleep. They will rock their head like this to make themselves fall asleep. It, it changes you. You let go of your thoughts and your mind when you do that or you're rocking. And so you enter a different state. And so what he's doing is entering a different state and he knows how to soothe himself and create that. And then he can chant and chanting is another way because when you sing or chant, then you, you suddenly connect to your essence, to your soul. And, and it's such a delightful experience that he loves doing it. So thank you for not shaming him for doing oh, yeah. it. Like, I mean, I know, but it's like, I, it's so common, you know, where parents just, you know, they just say something. I've said stuff that I've heard back from my children that I've said that I go, oh, my God, I don't believe I said that. In a moment, we say things, right? But it's it's beautiful. He he is connecting to to his soul and his 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 inner being, his inner divinity and finding a way to connect to that. And that is so important. Yeah, it's so funny because he's done that since he was a little baby. <laughs> But Beautiful. I, uh, and I know, and we love nature so much and we go out hiking as a family and he actually, it was brave. He wound up hiking with us about five miles Wow, <laughs> going uphill and it was pretty warm. And I made sure he had a little cooling hat on where you pour a little bit of water and it's like cool. Yeah. And, but we just love nature. And what I learned about from you is that you take time and observe nature and you have a beautiful story with a bee which everyone is normally fearful of because they sting right. <laughs> but right. do you mind sharing the story of your experience sure. with the bee yeah so that's also um it, 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 it's about shifting your perception of yourself but it's also really shifting your perception of the world because bees are responsible for 80 percent of pollination on our planet if the bees die if there are no bees anymore, within three years, supposedly, humanity cannot survive anymore because there's no food. So that's how this little bee is significant to our planet. And that's like a shift. Something so small can be so significant for humanity. For us, we are the, you know, the most evolved, even if it doesn't look that way sometimes, the way that we kill each other. But we are the most evolved and with the greatest potential for this planet, creative potential. And yet the bee, the small bee is so significant. And we depend on it so much. And just to see that and to know that shifts something in you. Suddenly you pay attention to a small little animal, right? That you, maybe you're afraid of because it's going to sting. And so the stories, if you want me to share it, is is that I was sitting in a friend's garden. I, ha I have a friend who works in the in her garden a lot, and she has a beautiful garden. I was sitting there with a few other women friends. We meet every so often, and we do meditation and sh share about it. And so I was sitting 
kind of deep low, the sun was on me and I was very close to a bush. And as I looked at the bush, I saw more and more bees in it. And suddenly I felt that I was part of nature, like in a cocoon versus a human being looking at nature. Um, and one bee just came to the closest flower. I mean, I could see everything in it as if I was looking through um, nature program, like a documentary. And I thought, how cool is that? It was right here. And then suddenly I just had this thought, you know, I, I got into this heightened state, which I know by now, an, an expansive state, which I talk about in my book as well, a heightened state where I'm just more open to the world. And I just had this insight that we humans are like the pollinating bees. We are either pollinating or we are being pollinated all the time. You and I are sitting here and having a conversation. You read my book. It gave you ideas. You saw your son. You, you're talking about that. You're asking me a question. It makes me think. We're pollinating each other all the time. And so how can we be mindful in our pollination? Both you might not want to be pollinated in a certain way. Maybe there's toxic stuff around you and you don't want to be pollinated with that, right? And you also want to be mindful with how you are pollinating. What are you sharing? What, what is the feel that you're creating around you? Does it have joy? Does it have excitement? Does it have your unique gifts and talents, your essence? Or are you just walking through the world and, and just emanating feeling bad because whatever you're walking with and feeling inside is a field around you and everyone who's touching you or who is touching you, I mean, not physically, but it, but in your space is getting a taste of it. And so if it's, if you decide, and I have another shift with it, how to become a conduit, right? For any quality that you want to be, Whatever you emanate, other people touch. And so we go into a room and we feel like, oh, this person is so peaceful or this person is so interesting. Or we go into the room and we go, oh my God, I can't get out of this room fast enough, right? That's because we're emanating a field and we're pollinating each other. And so to think of ourselves as pollinators, like the bee builds a different relationship in a sense that bee became became for me, became a teacher. And so it's a very different uh, relationship to nature that I develop when I look at the bee and I, you know, I, I, I go like this and I admire the bee for, for what it's doing for our planet. Mm -hmm. Yes. I look at my, even my cat and I just look at the uniqueness of like the patterns, the eyes, the whiskers, you know, I never really paid attention to his whiskers and they're really, really out there. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. And, yeah. I, and I even, you know, because when I do massage, I have my private clients and I go to their home. <clears throat> What's beautiful is that uh, we do it outside in the backyard and there's nice. a bunch of beautiful plants and there's bees always. And then there's these little tiny lizards that are so cute. And I'm just, as I'm massaging, because I've gotten to a point where it's easy for me to massage. I don't really have to pay attention to the person <laughs> as my intuition can handle it already. But I'm focusing on the, the creatures. And I see yeah. this little lizard here and he's just relaxed and just all comfy. But I'm starting to really focus and pay attention and build like a connection where then where I went close to it, it didn't even move because before I would just mm -hmm. go to it and it would like run away right away. Yeah. But this time I went to it and it was just there because I felt like I, I was mm -hmm. calm and I just yeah. wanted to like give it love for some reason. Yeah. And then yes. it, it was just stayed there. Yes. I was so, I was impressed because I'm like, oh my goodness, it stayed by it. I could have like almost touched it. Anyway, yeah. so I just wanted to share Beautiful. that there is that connection with nature and creatures that I have appreciated so much more. And I, and I really yeah. love that. Now you actually yeah. have some, uh, some, awesome YouTube videos that I've kind of like peeked through and I just love them. Now there are they meditations that you guide people through? Um, and I love one of them was it was it the three P's or the four P's of manifestation? The, the three P's of, of manifestation. 
Yeah, yes. that one I, I remembered and I was yeah. like, yes, I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> For the audience yeah. who has not seen your YouTube videos, can you explain what the three P's are? Because that yes. fascinated me. Yeah, so the three P's of, of manifestation are patience, perseverance, and persistence. And it really is all, it's, it's a labor of love. The three Ps are labor of love. You know, it's taken billions of years to manifest planet Earth. And yet we often think like, okay, manifest. I'm just going to think about it. Money's going to come down. My romantic relationship is going to show up. And, it, and it, the only thing it does is makes us feel really bad about ourselves that we're not manifesting that quickly. So first of all, just like the bee who is such a small creature is keeping humanity alive and, and the plant kingdom alive, then likewise, let's get some proportion. It's taken billions of years to manifest humanity, right? Let's have some, some respect to manifestation, number one. Number two, if we remember that we're a portal for, for manifestation, from the spiritual to, to the material, from imagining to creating, from thinking to manifesting, if we hold it really that we are that portal, suddenly we are magicians. And so now it's a labor of love because the universe was created as a labor of love. If you look at nature, the fact that we have oxygen, that we can breathe, that we, I mean, it's an experiment on planet earth that is absolutely beyond words. It's magnificent. And so it's a labor of love like the planet and humanity was created with love. Manifesting is a labor of love. And so first of all, patience is the first labor of love. To have the patience, which I lack. We, we teach what we need to learn, right? So I, if I think of something, because I have an easy access to ideas, that comes easy to, to me. And okay, I thought of it, I want it done. But in the human world, in the material world, things take time. So it's a labor. So if things are not manifesting immediately, don't go down the place where I'm worthless. It's never happening to me. Why is it not happening to me? Be it that the universe is inviting you to nurture your baby, whatever it is, with love. Patience is just a labor of love to, to pour love into what you want to manifest. Then the second P is perseverance. And perseverance for me is an inner strength, building your inner strength, building your inner preparation to manifest. Because my perception is that the reason, in order for something to manifest from idea, from consciousness into the material world, the conditions need to be ready, which is why it took billions of years to manifest planet Earth, because it's so complex and so magnificent. So the conditions have to be ready in the material world. If they're not ready, you need to create them. You wanna bake a cake, you can't just think cake and it's gonna show up, right? You, you go through, find the recipe, you go to the store, you check what ingredients you have, you follow the, I mean, there, there's recipes for so many things. And so perseverance is to build your own muscle to shift your perception of yourself, again, a labor of love, to prepare yourself for manifestation. And perseverance, I see, is differing from, um, uh, no, uh, persistence, different than persevering. Persistence is to persist in the outside world. You're going to do whatever it takes till the cake is done. Perseverance is inside of you, building your own muscles, the, the muscles of your soul. Whereas persistence is keeping at it. Now, when something is not manifesting, it's because the conditions just aren't ready. So just pour more love into it. Pour more love into it in the form of write another blog post if you need, do another podcast if that's what's going to do it, if it's marketing, if it's doing a business plan if it's doing a diet plan, whatever it is, do whatever it is in the outside world to create the conditions. Now, when things manifest instantly, 
what has happened is that the conditions were all there. They were all ready. The only missing piece that was not ready was you, was me. We were not ready. And when we finally showed up, it could manifest because all the other conditions were there. That's when instant manifestation occurs. When we're aligned and we are ready. So when it doesn't happen, many times we need to shift something inside ourselves and to stay with it. So those are the three P's of manifestation. Patience, inner perseverance, external persistence. That is perfect and beautifully said. And thank you so much for clarifying. And that makes total sense because when I was drinking, I wasn't ready. And I noticed as soon as I got sober, then all of a sudden everything went like from quantum jumping, like you mentioned in your yeah. book as well. You talk about quantum jumping. It was going yeah. too fast for me. I'm like, okay, hold on. I don't even know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> I was going to the train. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, it's going too fast. Now, people do experiencing quantum jumping. Some people call it yeah. quantum leaping. Yeah. What can you explain a little bit about what quantum well, jumping is? Well, quantum. So, so, so first of all, what you went through is exactly what I said. The conditions were there. the The missing piece were you. You were the missing piece. And when you showed up, the conditions tick 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 could happen really quickly. But you could keep going. Well. I'll just take another drink because nothing's happening. I'll just do this because it's never going to happen. And then, but when you shifted and you showed up, the conditions were all there. So that's when instant manifestation occurs. Quantum leaps can be seen, you know, big. Um, I mean, I think even to stop to drink is a big quantum shift because it's, it, it's going to affect every aspect of your life. So it, it you know, your health, your well-being, your mental, emotional, spiritual, physical relationships with friends, romantic, if it's parenting or with your family. I mean, it's, it's such a quantum shift because it just affects everything else. Um, and quantum shifts are also realizing, so even in my example, when I um, chose to go to Paris to try my luck as a fashion model, um, on the one hand, that was a huge shift, so a quantum shift. But I was struggling, but I was dealing with the next decision. It's like I had to buy a ticket. So I had to find the price that worked for me. I had to find a hotel. I had to decide, am I doing this or that? So we're dealing with so many daily things that we don't realize that we're going through quantum shift. You were aware of it when, when you stopped to dream. But many times, it's just happening because you're so focused on the next thing. But you look back and you go, oh, my God, this was a quantum shift because nothing in my life is the same anymore. I am not the same. My environment is not the same. Everything has changed. Yeah, but we mean, just go through the small things that take us there. Absolutely. Like even our thoughts are not the same anymore. <laughs> How we think about ourselves and the world yes. and others. So we have a we build an appreciation more so of the world. and. Speaking of the world, how mm -hmm. does one, because I know everybody's busy and everybody's, you know, waking up, going to work and start in traffic and then they're at work, they're stressed out, they, they come home, but they're still in traffic yeah. and they get here, they barely eat, they barely spend time with the family. We feel like a robotic human beings. Yeah. What are some ways that uh, people can actually just be still and just be quiet and bring yeah. that spiritual part inside them? Yeah. Well, I want to say that a big shift that can help you have a spiritual practice that's not just meditating 45 minutes in the morning and quieting your thoughts, if that's, for example, something that's hard for you, is seeing that the world around you is alive. The material world, everything we know now from quantum physics and from mystics, everything is energy, but everything is intelligent energy. Everything is consciousness. And so everything we've created is, has consciousness as well. And so, for example, when I drive in my car to a speaking event down the highway, you could say it's one of those moments that you describe. The highway isn't that pretty and not that inspiring and people are driving quickly and it's, I'm in a car and 
but I have a conversation with my car because my car is not just a, a metal box. My car is a vehicle for me to express my life purpose because I'm on my way to a talk. I'm on my way to a workshop. So my car is alive because it is providing me a vehicle to live my life purpose. Now that's a very different experience to drive down the highway and feeling that I'm not alone. I'm surrounded by this body that has all these buttons. You know, I can listen to music. I can listen to a podcast. So, you know, so I, I can multitask while I'm driving or I can listen to a book or music and get into a mood. I can talk to a friend. I mean, all of these things are provided by this metal box. Great ideas that inspire me, connection with a family member, so connection, love. Um, and it's a vehicle for me to take me to my life purpose. Or when I go to the supermarket, it's a vehicle to nourish me, to nourish me. So if we look at the hidden world of everything and see what qualities does it offer us, Suddenly, it's not just a material world that's devoid of any life. Suddenly, it's living. It has spiritual qualities. And so you can be driving in your car and having a profound spiritual experience because you're, you're in this place. I mean, just like you said that when you're looking at the critters, when you're doing a massage outside, suddenly you're in a relationship with them and they're responding to you differently, right? Well, so does the world as well. So does our Zoom and our computers and our home environment and the clothes we wear and the work we go to, everything. It all has a hidden dimension to it. And if we bring it to the forefront, you can do what would be traditionally maybe called a walking uh, meditation. So I would call a living meditation. So a walking meditation is walking mindfully very slowly. For me, a living uh, meditation is just living life. But whatever you do, looking at the hidden world, at the hidden dimension of what you're engaging with. When you see your son, and you shift from thinking he's crazy and you go like, oh my God, he's connecting to his soul. He is connected to something I wish I could connect easily to this place. Suddenly it's a sacred moment and you're gonna guard that sacred moment for him. And suddenly the car and the drive down the highway, I'm actually very high, I'm elated because I'm realizing that I'm gaining knowledge while I'm listening to a book. I feel love and connection when I'm talking to a friend in the car. And when I thank my car for taking me efficiently and finding me a parking spot and all of that, I, I just go like, okay, I'm, I'm living. It's like an ocean. It's an ocean of, 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 of spiritual blessing that we are walking through if we treat our material world as alive and it has this hidden dimension with qualities. I mean, even buying a pair of shoes, you buy a pair of shoes, you buy three pairs of shoes. Okay, consumerism. But maybe you're buying the shoes because you feel more sensual when you wear them, or you feel you're more powerful when you walk in them and you feel more confident. Or maybe you just had a raise in your paycheck and you know how hard you work to get it. And you are giving yourself, you're blessing yourself for your hard work. Now, if all you feel is bad or all you feel like shoes, 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 then it's devoid of any anything spiritual. But because we are a portal, if you look for the hidden reason, why am I loving these shoes? Then you can walk like Dorothy with those red sparkly shoes. You walk with the shoes that you love. Maybe they connect you to beauty. Maybe they connect you. Like many times when I dress up, it connects me to the time that I was a fashion model. Mm -hmm. 
and I don't dress like I dressed then. I was in my 20s. I'm in my 60s. You know, it's like I don't wear the same type of clothes. But I, I put something on and suddenly I have access to her, to who I was. And if I want to go to a meeting and I want to have access to her, people respond to me very, very differently. And I know that now. And so I use that quality to choose an outfit that's going to connect me to a part that I want to connect to, to be at my best for this situation. So that's how our material world is alive and is an opportunity for to see the hidden spiritual dimension with everything, the most seemingly mundane things. And so you can meditate. I meditated today for 20 minutes. I connected to my inner being to my soul, to the essence of my being, which we'll talk about later, right? But I'll just, so I did that because that was important for me because I was beginning to feel stress. I don't know what questions you'll ask me. How's, no, 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 no. Just connect to your inner being, to the essence of who you are. And the two of you are just going together. You're just going to have fun. You're, you're just going to be who you are. So I just connected to my essence. So meditation has value for sure. But if you're going to sit there and you're just going to not being able to stop your thinking, you're just going to feel bad that you're not really spiritual yet because you can't really meditate. You've got three kids. You don't have time to meditate. You have to wake up at 4.30 or 5. So, but the world is your spiritual practice. So, so, so I would go for those kinds of things. That's neat. And that's something that I'm going to be practicing now because I never thought about meditation that way where... I'm in my vehicle and appreciating that I'm in a vehicle, first off, that is actually tra taking me to point exactly. A to point B. I mean, I should be yeah. grateful for that in, in itself. And then just observing everything. And I'll tell you a funny story. I was uh, driving to a bridal shower and I was like pulling in. I'm like, oh, there's not going to be any parking. I said, you know what? Let me just change my thinking. You know what? There's going to be a parking spot just for me. And like my husband just bought me this, like it's a hybrid. So they had a parking spot that someone would just pulling out. And it was just for like either hybrids or those electric cars. And it was pulling out and I went right in there. I'm like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. It was meant to be. So it's just how we have yeah. with our thoughts. And if we connect that to our, our heart and our spirit, yeah. then we can create many things that are there. Because like you said yeah. in your book, we are spiritual beings living a, um, like an, earthly an earthly experience, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's definitely neat. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about, there. you have a special offer that you want to give the yes. audience. And yes, I have it right here. And what it's called is make your calling matter. Live from your essence, discover your purpose, and move forward with clarity and joy. Can you talk about what that offers? Because I'm excited. Yes. So make your calling matter has this double meaning, right? First of all, make your calling matter because you matter. But also make your calling matter is make the essence of who you are material. Express it in the material world. And so it's really, it, it is, I think that the, one of the hardest things that we, we, we deal with is that we don't see ourselves at our best or our highest. But when we came into this world from the non-physical world, it was a world, it was a world of love and of consciousness. And the intention was for us to be a, a magnificent, wondrous, creative force throughout our life. And then life happens and culture happens and restrictions happen and all of that. And so I created this meditation to discover the spiritual essence of your calling. Again, the hidden world. You are who you are, Gina, but there's an essence to you. And so it's a very simple guided meditation that just helps you discover the spiritual essence of your calling. So there's a meditation. There's also... I talk about the fallacies that keep you small and trapped and searching for your calling all over instead of realizing it's already inside you. And there's a workbook to go with it for people who like to have workbooks. So there's different learning styles and working styles in there. So, so you can really find your way of doing it. But basically, it's about finding the essence of who you are. And many times it's a word 
or an expression, a sentence that lights you up, that makes you come alive. And once you, you know what that is, now you can start to implement that in the world because you bring your essence to everything you do, not just to your work, not just to your volunteer work, not only if you're doing something worthy, if you're a doctor or a teacher, but, but, but what about the rest of us who are doing other things? And so this offering is really the meditation plus how to start implementing the essence of your calling in your daily life in different areas. So there's a whole workbook that takes you through it all. Um, and I thought for your audience, it would be really wonderful because I think that when um, we're all trying to find the essence of who we are, the hidden part of us, again, the hidden part, right? And to connect to it and to feel like, wow, this is my gift to the world. This is the calling that I was meant to do. And in my, in my 20s, I can do it one way. And in my 50s, I do it another way. If I leave my job, I don't lose the purpose of my life. Because the essence of who I am walks with me wherever, and walks with you wherever you are. And so it's, it, it's, a little, it's this package of of finding the essence of your calling and bringing it into your daily life and how to go about doing that. That is beautiful. And I will definitely have that link in the show notes where you can go ahead and get that offer. And we, you and I were talking a little bit about a forgiveness meditation that you wanted to share with the audience as well. Well, I just, I, I just, when I was preparing for our conversation, this page just, popped into my hand kind of as I was going through my folder. And so I'm, I'm not going to do the full meditation, but just because I think forgiveness is the hardest thing, you know, I'll, I'll share even my mom passed away in October. So six months ago. And, and so um, the month before she passed away and I write about it in my book at the end um. I was going through, you know, big shifts. I was writing my book. It was the six months that I was writing my book. We were told that my mom had stopped to eat. So we knew that she was, she was transitioning. And I was writing about my personal childhood experiences. And so I was reminded of the alcoholism and the divorce of my parents and everything. And so I was going through a lot of stuff. And so... I was doing inner work, you know, deep inner work. And I also felt I was doing inner work for my mother because she had not done a lot of inner work and she had dementia, so she couldn't do it anymore. And I felt that I was doing work for myself and for her. And although I was the child in the situation with my mom being the alcoholic, I still couldn't forgive myself for things that I had told her in moments of rage justifiably so as a teenage child okay but still as a soul to a soul i had done things or said things that i felt awful about and so i think forgiveness is so important and it's forgiving ourselves and so i just found here and i'll just read it um for that to forgive ourselves is not like hard act it's really a gentle caress so forgiveness is a gentle caress a gentle embrace a flow of love and tenderness through my, through your being through my being through our being allowing a gentle release of shame of regret of pain of hurt of anger of judgment it is the healing balm to allow the universe, the flow of the universe to move freely through me, through you, through us once again. And so then I go into a meditation of how to allow that. But really, when we don't forgive, the energy is stuck. We're holding on to it. And so the, the, the loving, creative force of the universe cannot flow through because it's stuck. That's what happens also when we have a physical ailment, there's stuck energy. And so when we 
like the mist, we just allow, or like drops of rain, like a gentle rain, a warm rain. We, we open up that place that was held like this and we open it up like a gentle caress. We put this bomb of forgiveness on it. Then suddenly we allow the flow of the universe to come in and to heal and to allow that place to have vitality again, creating loving vitality. So that's what I wish for all your audiences. I mean, I know as a child of an alcoholic and, you know, I, I had food addictions in my, I had anorexic tendencies in my 20s. So we forgive ourselves the last. So I, I think that forgiveness is really important and to do it as a healing bomb to release, just like in a massage, right? If there's a knot, you work the knot because I love massages. So I have oh, lots yeah. of them <laughs> whenever I can. Okay. You, you, you release the knot and then suddenly the blood flow can come through, right? Mm -hmm. And so vitality can come through. So like this as well, invite the forgiveness rather than reject it because you feel so bad about it. So I, I, I apologize in my own process to my mom for a specific time where, you know, when I told her that I didn't want to live with her and I chose to live with my dad because she was drinking, but yeah. it hurt her so much. And I could barely bear how much I had hurt her, even though the circumstances were logical and clear. Right. And so just to forgive myself that I was in this moment where I had to tell my mom that I don't want to live with her anymore. It's a painful moment. Mm -hmm. And in my 20s, I'd be angry at my parents for putting me in the situation. In my 60s, I'm going, Anna, you better release the shame that you feel, that I feel, and forgive myself. We all learn from it. I told my mom, it was not easy, but I learned to be a better human being because of you. So, and a whole human being, so... Oh, I love that. Yes, it touches my heart. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for just being your authentic self and so loving and kind and just giving such value to this podcast. And I'm sure the listeners appreciate it. Uh, you do also have uh, an expansive community. I do. And so you just go to shiftcalling.com. It's the name of my book. And so shiftcalling.com. There's a free option where you can get a free access to a chapter from my book. You can join um, a membership I have shifting within. Uh, there's different offerings there. It's really a sacred space that I created for me, but for you, for anyone to connect to the essence, like, like your son, to the essence of who we each are and to accelerate with practical, you know, tools and practices accelerate our spiritual journey so we can live the creative lives that we know are possible and that we can be a force for good in the world in these really challenging times. So shiftcalling.com, right? I'll go yeah. ahead and leave that one inside yeah, yeah, the show yeah. notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah as Perfect. well as your TED Talk as well, or TEDx, TEDx Talk. talk yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's called Perfect. You Can Eat Your Cake and Have Enlightenment Too. That is so cool. Yeah. And I watched it and I loved it. You'll love it too. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to share to the audience? Well, I just want to say it's been such a pleasure, such a joy to meet you. Oh, thank you. And to hear about your son and your children and your what you do in the world, that you help women uh, recover from alcoholism, not using AA. I mean, it's, you know, and sharing your own experience and what worked for you and bringing nature in so people gain a better awareness of the power of nature. So it's just, it's been such a pleasure. I'm really touched by our conversation thank you so much oh thank you i appreciate those kind words that that touches my heart too <laughs> it's definitely a journey but like you said before we can create anything as long as we put our heart to it and know that we are spiritual beings with love yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right Absolutely. thank you so much yeah. anna are you ready to enter sacred ground this is the place where you will discover how to live more fully from the essence of who you are. 
so you can feel the joy and fulfillment that come with expressing your sacred calling. So, if you are frustrated and fed up with searching in vain for your life purpose or want to gain clarity on your life calling so you can move forward with confidence and joy, this course will help you discover the spiritual essence of your calling. Once you've completed this course, you will discover how the sacred essence of who you are has always been inside you, ready to be fully expressed in your personal and professional life. Now, if this resonates with you, go ahead and check out Anna's special offer. She has this offer available to you. I will leave the link in the show notes. The benefits of this offer is that you will gain clarity on the spiritual essence of your calling, learn how to fully express your essence in all areas of your life, amplify your presence, impact and reach, come alive with a renewed sense of purpose, as well as experience the joy that comes with serving your world. Also, make sure you check out her book that's coming out. It is called Shift Calling, a practical guide to accelerating your spiritual growth. You can get this at shiftcalling.com. That's S-H-I-F-T-C-A-L-L-I-N-G.com. You can also check out her expansive community there as well. One more thing. I want you to check out her TEDx talk. It was wonderful. I absolutely enjoyed it. It's called You Can Eat Your Cake and Have Enlightenment Too. I will also leave that link in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in today's show. I truly enjoyed my conversation with Anna. She is amazing. And if you feel like this was an amazing podcast, make sure you leave a five-star review. Thank you.